Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. Uh, I'm your host, George Ellick, and this is a Champions Day preview at Ascot. Uh, and I'm delighted to be joined by the man himself, the only man for a moment, the champion tipster of Odds Checker. It is Andy Holding. Uh, Andy, how are you getting on? I'm good. Yeah, really looking forward to this weekend. This seems to have dragged a little bit this week. Um, but uh, since we've seen the declarations now for Saturday, the draw, and um, you know, gone through the runners and riders and what the, the weather's likely to be doing in the next couple of days, which I think is crucial, the appetite is well and truly whetted. You've, you've teed me up perfectly there, because my next two questions were going to be, what's the weather <laughs> looking like? And tell us about any, any draw bias we need to think about. Yeah, I think there's three points really with this meeting, George. Uh, first and foremost, obviously, the weather is going to be crucial. It's the time of recording, it's good to soft, soft in places. I don't know where those soft in places are. I'd imagine they'll be on the round track, uh, put sort of in Swinley Bottom. That's usually the place where the rain gathers. Of course, we've been having heavy, very heavy dews as well uh, in the mornings of this time of year, which is traditional. So it's not going to dry out too much. It's just really crucial uh, how much rain Ascot gets on Friday. That's the only band of rain that is threatening to sort of disrupt plans for one or two sets of connections. There is a, a low pressure uh, area coming up from the south, uh, which is going to sort of go over through Berkshire and uh, clear away uh, into sort of uh, Friday night stroke Saturday morning. There's no forecast rain for Saturday, so it's going to be dry day for the race goers. And it's that amount of rain which falls that determines how which way it'll go. It'll either stay as it is or it'll obviously go soft. Uh, so obviously, the, when I'm doing this podcast, there's going to be contingencies uh, for as it is, as it is, and 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 then for if it does go the what the other way. I think the draw is another crucial factor, particularly on the straight track. If you look at the traditional uh, or the history for, for the for this meeting, the stand side tends not to get too much of a look in. Um, in recent times, they tend to go middle to far side. Uh, certainly, looking at the last meeting as well, you want to be drawn low. And um, thirdly, most importantly, I think you want to be on horses that have been trained specifically for this meet. And I want horses that are coming in here fresh, not as an afterthought. I don't want to be back, back in horses by and large that have had hard knocking seasons. And it's like, oh, yeah, we'll roll the dice again. We'll, we'll, we'll give it another go. I, I want to be on horses who've had like two or three runs maximum and have had this they, they're, they're almost season geared around this meeting. So that, those are the three criteria I'm looking at. Great stuff. Well, let's get into the racing. We're just going to go through six races on Champions Day. We'll go through the card, uh, just myself and Andy. So it should be a, a pretty quick show as we get Andy's uh, best bets and fancies over the course of Saturday at Ascot. Uh, before we get into it, do download the Odds Checker app for the best prices, book you offers, free bets, uh, place terms, of course. And then you'll find Andy's tips straight to the app every morning of racing as well. Um, but the first race on the card is the 125. It is the Long Distance Cup. And Trushan is the two to one favourite ahead of Eldar. Elder of at five to two. Uh, Waterville four to one. Coltrane ten to one. Quickthorn twelve to one. Trawlerman twenty to one. Fifty to one. Wordsworth eighty to one. Stratum. Andy, who do you fancy in the opener? It's a tricky one because I normally wouldn't hesitate here, George, and uh, and, and I'd just go straight for Trushan, wouldn't I? Um, you know, he's he's won this race before. He's one of those horses that fits into that category that I was talking about. At the top of the show, horse laid out for this meet, this meet in particular, this race, banking on soft ground. He's pretty much been waiting for soft ground all season, but he was a little smidgen disappointing, it has to be said, last time out at Doncaster. It's the first time I think Trushan has shown a little bit of a frailty. Mm. Um, 
whether that's just a little bit of wear and tear as he's got older, I don't know. He wasn't at his imperious best. He he was wandering around under pressure. Whether the ground wasn't soft enough for him that day, I have no idea. But it was, you know, good to soft, soft in places on town more. So it shouldn't necessarily have been an issue. Um, I think he probably will turn around the form with Coltrane. And that's no disrespect to Andrew Balding's horse. Because I think Caltrain has had a lot of hard races this season. He's had about, I think, at least six or seven, whereas Trushan has only had four. Uh, so I think Trushan will turn the form around. But he's up against two very, very high-class three-year-olds that are improving through the ranks. And this is the difficulty for backing Trushan. Because you've got Elder Alderoff, who, of course, won the St. Ledger, beating a good field in a fast time. It was a well-run ledger. French claim made sure of that. We've already seen the... Fifth and the sixth also with the fourth and the sixth horse fight out and finish next time out at Ascot. So the form's rock solid. And of course, he's a course winner as well. Um, so it's not as if he's got no Ascot form. And then you've got the real fly in the ointment, Waterville, who you wouldn't have even remotely thought about for, to be good enough for a race of this nature prior to his performance at the Curra last time out. Uh, steadily improving. Um, but, you, you, you know, he, given what he did at the Cura, it, it makes you think how, how on earth he, he, you know, he struggled to, to win a maiden. For, for mm. um, but his performance in winning that day, beating a really good field was amazing. I mean, he was last with three to run, still trapped in with nowhere to go over a furlong out, and yet he managed to win going away. Uh, he's a proper, proper beast of a horse. And if you think that was only just a handicap, you've only got to look at the horses that are in there. Horses like Echoes in Rain, Cleveland, who won the Chester Cup, was only six. And he went by his stable companions if he was standing still. So it's a real difficult start for, for, for me, for punters, trying to um, sort of work this one out. I've got a sneaky feeling that one of those three-year-olds will probably win it. Um, will it be the, cl the class proven group one horse? Or will it be the, the up-and-coming Johnny-come-lately that will be a group one horse in this category next season, the shape of Waterville? Um, <coughs> my inclination is to go for Waterville because I think, in a truly run two miles, he's going to really shine in, in a small field where he can't get into trouble. You know, he, he come from 10, 15, 20 lengths behind the other day at the Curra. Yeah. yeah. I'd imagine that he'll be no worse than four or five lengths off the speed, turning for home. And given that he, you know, he, that's where he was really good, um, you know, 20 days ago, I, I think he might just outrun this lot. So I'll go for Waterville, but with a, with a favourable mention, of course, to Elder Elderoff. Edgar Water Waterville uh, is four to one best price. That is with uh, Bet365, Eldar, Elder of five to two best price uh, with Paddy's and the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, but Waterville, the selection at four to one. Uh, on then to the two o'clock, it is the uh, champion sprint stakes and creative force is the 130 favourite ahead of Rohan, who is nine to two. Uh, Kinross, 13 to two. Art Power, eight to one. Perfect Power, 11 to one. Naval Crown, 11 to one. Tenebrism, 12 to 1, uh, 14 to 1, Brad the Brief, 20 to 1, bar those, uh, Andy, uh, for the sprint. Yeah, an absolute cracker. I think, by and large, all of these horses that are in this field have run at Ascot before. So a lot of them do tick a lot of boxes. Quite a few of them want soft ground. And many of them have had this race as a back end target for, for quite some while. So it's not as easy as straightforward of just going, oh, yeah, this one's between that one or that one. I think the draw is going to play quite a big advantage or um, a big um, a significance here. Um, 
looking at where the pace map is, to be fair, I could only see Naval Crown and Go Bears Go as, as the, the obvious horses that like to race forward. Naval Crown's drawn 16, which isn't ideal, even though I think they'll race middle to far side, or maybe the winner will come from middle to far side. And Go Bears Go is drawn in stall nine. So with that in mind, I think I want to be somewhere in and around where Go Bears Go is. And the one that stands out for me this year in this year's race is Art Power, the horse I put up in this race 12 months ago. I don't know if you remember, but I was really worried about the draw last year because he was drawn, I think, 18 of 18, which was right up towards the stand side. They all migrated over to the far side. And he ended up literally out on the wing on a limb on his own with no cover. Um, but to his great credit, he still managed to beat all those horses around him. I think there's a group of about six or seven that raced towards the middle. One of them, including Highfield Princess, and we know we know what she's gone on to do subsequently. So to finish fourth in that race, beat all those horses around him from a terrible draw, um, was a, very, a really um, eye-catching run, galling for connections because they probably thought, damn, if it wasn't for the draw, I think we would have uh, won. And they'd gone through exactly the same route as they did 12 months ago. They took him over to the Curra for a group three, and he won it very easily, just like he did um this time last year so he's in the same kind of form he's just had the three runs this race has obviously been the target again it'll be his third stab at the race but this time he's drawn favorably and he's going to have his ground he's going to have good to soft soft ground um i think he's probably one of the best bets on the card he can get to eight to one five places i'll be staggered if he's not in the first five he's just too good um obviously you've got to factor in creative force who's a, a, an amazing horse over this C&D. He won on fast ground early on in the season. Didn't he win in the, uh, the Diamond Jubilee, uh, or Golden Jubilee, what it was? Platinum Jubilee, I think I've had about three attempts of getting the name right. Um, he won't mind the ground. And, of course, Kim Ross is the, the sort of the, the, the one possible fly in the ointment for all of us because he's a brilliant horse, and he was very unlucky in this race last year. So even though six fillings is not his ideal distance, He's a very dangerous horse to dismiss dismiss out of hand. I just think maybe stall 17 might be his uh, undoing. So, in short, I think Creative Force is probably the right favourite based on his overall profile. But the bet for me is definitely Art Power at 8-1. to 8-1, Art Power. You mentioned uh, a fifth to five. That is with Skybet, Paddy's, uh, Betfair Sportsbook, all paying uh, five places. And 8-1 to one about Art Power. Clearly the selection there for Andy. <laughs> in the sprint stakes with a positive mention um, for Kinross, who's 13 to two, although, as you say, uh, might fall foul to that uh, wide draw as Art Power did uh, last year. And then Creative Force out of 13 is 130, best price with William Hill. Uh, just, on then to the... Just going back, yeah. George, sorry to interrupt you. That price for Waterville in the first race, who's that four to one with? Bet three, six, five, sadly. Ah, oh, right. right. You, can't, you can't have the each way double. Yeah, I was going to throw in some multiples because I, I, I won't have a chance to put <laughs> any multiples up on my column Saturday, but I, I am going to do a few of these. So Waterville at four to one or seven to two, he'd be the first cab off the rank, and I'm definitely going to stick our power in as well. So as we go along, on, I want to suggest to the listeners put a few of these in some each way multiples. Okay, well the best price for those two is is Hills, who are a fifteen to two, seven to two to two. There you go. Um, that, yeah, we'll start off with that William Hill. Okay, we'll, we'll keep going as we go. We'll keep going as we go on, but that, that's, Andy, the, that's if, if you land if you land a Champions Day multi on this show, then we're going to go down in in, in history. So let's let's do it. Um, well, two, the, two, the, the last double I put it wasn't wasn't a bad one if you remember in no, the it's oh, superb on our day. So anyway, we haven't got any fifty yeah. to one shots to go at that unfortunately. Not yet. 
240 now. The Phillies and Mares. Uh, Emily Upjohn is a 7-2 favourite ahead of Eternal Pearl at 5-1. Mimi Q, 7-1. Cela Rossa, 8-1. Ashada, 9-1. Sweet Lady, 10-1. Stella, 11s. Uh, Roscoe Berry, 16-1. 20-1 bar those, Andy. Yeah, interesting that the hood has gone on for Emily Upjohn. Now, that um, immediately um, is a red flag for me. Yeah, she obviously, she raced very, very freely when we last saw her. Um, made, gave her a chance of getting home, absolutely. Uh, gave her no chance of, of seeing out the trip. She's had a long break off, long time off the track. They've obviously targeted this race. so It definitely fits the criteria of a target horse. But I, I just don't like the fact that connections are taking drastic action in, in the sense that, they, you know, that it, it, she's clearly a hard puller and, and trying to settle her in the early part of the race is tricky. You just don't want to be expending energy in any Group 1 race. So at the prices, I'd probably overlook her, even though she's a very talented filly. I don't think there's any question marks about Eternal Pearl. She's been brilliant on the last three or four starts. Good winner last time at Newmarket. Handles a ground she threw when she won in France the time before. Um, she's very much respected. But again, I'm looking for a little bit of value here. And I think there's two double-figure horse, two horses at double-figure odds, which I can't afford to resist particularly if firms are going to be going for four and five places. The first of them is Lilac Road. I've always had a real healthy regard for Willie Haggis's filly, and it's only now that she's been stepped up to a mile and a half where she's finally showing her true colours. Um, I mean, she, she she just wasn't quick enough for Alpinista on good to firm ground at York early on in the year, but since then she's thrived. Only just narrowly failed to get the better of Sweet Lady last time out at Longchamp. Uh, but I think the conditions on Saturday i.e. good to soft, soft in place on the round track are going to be ideal. Um, and she's just the kind of horse I like to back for a round track race at Ascot, i.e. a hold-up filly that likes to come through strongly at the end. So she's num- she's my n- number one choice. And the other one is stay alert, three-year-old down the bottom. She's only had the six career runs, r- runs very lightly raced. But her time figure last time out at Newbury was a sensational one. They were in a real good clip that day at the Berkshire track. And I think she would have won a lot more easier than the official margin suggested. And she got a much clearer run in the latter stage. She got trapped in on the rail and she had to switch. And it was only the last 50 yards when she was able to get up ahead of steam. Um, so I thought she was the real dominant force in that race. If she can run to that level away from her favourite track, which is definitely Newbury, because her two best performances have come at Newbury, then I think she's got more than a squeak here. So two horses that I like the look of it and I like the shape of in a race like this. They haven't got any ascot form, but they both have a... Ascot run styles, if that makes any sense. Hold up horses that like to come through. So, Lilac Road and Stay Alert. I'll be having a couple of each way stabs there with those two. Yeah, there you go. So, 20 to 1, uh, Lilac Road uh, with Paddy's and Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, Stay Alert, 11 to 1 with Bet365, Bet Victor and Coral. Uh, just one firm, five places at the moment. That's Skybet, but others might follow. The rest are all four places. And do either of those go into the, the multi, Andy, or we? Keep your powder dry. Yeah, the third. I mean, you can do some firms. I mean, a lot of the, there's some firms out there. If you if you stick some, um, you know, two in a race, three in a race, that they, they sort of work the bet out for you. So you, you could put either one of those two in. You're looking at four or five places. I'd be astonished if one of those two wasn't in the first four or five. That's an insulting price, by the way, for Lilac Road. I mean, she's only rated what three or four spots off the very highest rated horse in the race, 115. She's rated 111, and she's. Do you think it's because Celia Ross is kind of obviously the the, the first string? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the jockey bookings always, um, you know. Skew it. Yeah, it's take, they, they take precedent, don't they, with, with the bookmakers the way you see. But, you know, the, 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 the haggis camp have been wrong before. They put the wrong jockey on or the, the, 
Tom Marquardt's got the wrong horse in many, many races, and Kieran Fallon's chosen right, um, yeah. or, or we've been the beneficiary, let's say. Um, so that that makes no, absolutely no odds to me. 20 to 1 is just the wrong price. She, she should be half those odds. Probably will be on the day, uh, if I know Andy, as, as well as I think I do. Uh, on to the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth second stakes, where Innsbruck is the 11 to 10 favourite ahead of Modern Games at 4 to 1. Uh, there's some suggestion that Modern Games may not take on this this entry with with some uh, aspirations to, to go over to America, uh, but we will see. I think it's probably ground dependent. Uh, the Revenant, 6 to 1. Uh, Jadumi, 7 to 1. Bayside Boy, 18 to 1. Tempest, 20 to 1. Check and Challenge, 25s. El Drama, 50 to 1. And Radeborg is 100 to 1. I think this is probably one of the most fascinating races on the card. Um, first and foremost, I, I wouldn't want to be back in this spiral at even money, just not my kind of bet. Never put up a, a short one like that unless I'm absolutely convinced. Um, and even when I have been convinced in the past with a short one, they've still managed somehow to get beat. Um, look, you know, she, obviously she's a brilliant filly, but, you know, she is susceptible. Uh, as she proved at Newmarket, uh, when she got beat by Prosperous Voyage, that was not her that day, admittedly, but, you know, she's not bomb-proof. And, you know, this is a stellar-looking lineup against Modern Games, who's obviously on the improve, the Revenant, who knows his way around Ascot. And, and the real... Um, one that's been parachuted in at the last minute in the shape of Jadumi. He was brilliant last time out in the Concord Stakes. Oh, sorry, the Boomerang Stakes over in uh, Leopardstown last time out. He, he made the run in, which is not normally his run style, but he quickened away for a really good field and won by four lengths in a fast time. And I noticed that Statesman, who finished sixth or seventh that day, has gone out and won a couple of races since. So that form looks really solid. I'd suggest if perhaps... Modern games doesn't run, and I, th I do think it's a ground-related issue with him, similar to Adiar in the arc, in the arc. If it does rain, I think they'll probably pull him out. If it doesn't rain, I think he might still take his chance. So we're left with the dead, dead eight runners, and I think Jadumi is almost certain to be in the first three um, because tactically he can pretty much approach this race no matter how it pans out. He can make the running as he proved last time out, or he can be ridden off the speed as he's shown in his previous two runs, and. There doesn't look to be a whole heap of pace on here if nothing wants to go forward. So it could be a slowly run tactical race, which might just suit Jane Doyle on, on, on Jadami, uh, who's drawn towards that far side. So again, like I say, a race where plans are a little bit fluid and, and, and at a state of flux at time of recording. I respect Modern Games if he does run. I think he's a big player. Um, but with, with, the, with these doubts, with his participation in doubt, then... At this very moment in time, I've got to put up a selection, so I'd probably go Jadumi each way. And Jadumi into the multi? I'd probably leave this race alone because, again, it, it's I've, I've got the option of changing my mind with this one if Modern Games runs. I'm, I'm looking at Modern Games to do me one of those two, and I don't, I don't want to do one or the other and, and lead anyone up the garden path until I know exactly what the crowd is and who's running. So I'd, I'd, I'd probably just skip this race, but for tipping purposes and my thoughts yeah, purposes yeah. at the time of recording, I've, I've got to put up one at the other, and I'm going to go with the one who's definitely going to run. Yeah, just doing a seven to one, Paddy's Hills, uh, 888 Sport, Betfair Sportsbook, Betvictor, all offering seven to one about Jadumi, uh, entered in just at the last minute, um, which is a shame for those of us who've had uh, anti-post selections uh, on others in the race. Um, one that you hadn't mentioned as well, but uh, we'll get on to that later. Uh, into the uh, champion stakes now, uh, the four o'clock at Ascot. And this uh, looks like it should and could be a procession of Baid's last run 
before retirement, uh, hoping to go out in a blaze of unbeaten glory. Uh, two to seven best price by Ida, short as one to five elsewhere. Adayar, uh, the closest challenger, leading the pack of those trying to uh, spoil the party. Five to one. Baybridge, 12 to one. Um, Rye Prospero, 28 to one. Dubai Honor, 33s. Royal Champion, 40s. 66 to one Stone Age, 100 to one. Uh, Max Winnie and, and Helvick Dream, 125 to one. And uh, there is, uh, of course, a without buy market as well, Andy, in case you want me to, to read those out. But uh, ha- yeah, I mean, can, can you see any any reason to get against Baid at the prices? Um, I just think it's, again, one of those races that uh, um, uh, you are looking for a, for an alternative. Um, and there's, there's just basically just a, a standout bet at the prices. Um, see, Baid, you know, he's. He's the best we've seen for many, many years since Frankel, arguably, and he's got a race at 135, which suggests that he has only got to go down and, and come back and just turn up and do what he normally does. But I do think Adiar is slightly overlooked here, even though he is second favourite at sort of nine to two, five. Was it five to one top price? Is it five to one best price? Yeah, five to one. Yeah, I mean that strikes me as being the archetypal bet for nothing. I mean he's definitely going in the HI multiples. Because he has been trained specifically for this. You know, he comes in here really fresh. Um, spectacular at Doncaster. I mean, you know, Masakela and, and, and his stabbing companion who's won since were no mugs. And he, he made them look um, like a couple of snails, didn't he, on Town Moor that day? Mm. I thought all, for all the world they'd go for the arc um, and, and take a chance and try and get a little bit of retribution from the year before. Because when he pulled too hard on the heavy ground, he didn't quite get home. But over a mile and a quarter, we know that Adio is a very, very special talent. I think he's one of the only horses in training that can give Baid something to think about. And like I say, it's a horse race. You just never, ever know. These horses sometimes, just, the bubble bursts sometimes. Probably unlikely with Baid because he's that good. But I don't mind backing up Adio each way at five to one to find out. Um, I think, you know, he'll give you a great run for your money. I still think he'll be travelling to any family. He'll be going just as well as Baid. And like I say, you just never know. Um, um, and he's he's one of those horses, Adia, as well as Bayard. I, I don't think we really know how good he is. Um, the arc was an excuse because of the ground, but I don't think he'll have any excuses this weekend. He's a course winner. He won the King George. He loved the ground. He loved the good to soft ground. Mar- and, Mar- and, and, and the trip's fine. And the go good gallop as well. You've got Stone Age in there um, to take them along at good gallop. So everything should set up perfectly for Adia. Yeah, they are. Uh, is uh, yeah, five to one best price and uh, even money without uh, Baid. Yeah. What do you make of that price? I'd rather go for the throne, go for the five to one each way, stick him in my each way multiples because yeah. by, hopefully by then I've got some place money rolling on. You're going to get like a nice even money shot for in the first three, aren't you? Effectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than bank on him just finishing second. I mean, he could, he, you know, he, he could just get edged out of second, finish third. You think, damn, why have I done that? Even money, whereas. The five to one, you know, just gives you a bit more scope. Uh, and and it's not, like I say, it's not beyond the absolute realms of possibility can win. It, it, it's not, it wouldn't be an head scratch or mythical if Adiar beat by it for me. Interesting. Yeah, five to one, Adiar, uh, the, the strong selection taking on Baid uh, there in the champion stakes. Uh, into the last race on the card, the Balmoral handicap, seven to one. Favourite is blue for you, Tyrrhenian C, 15 to two. Uh, Sweet Believer, nine to one. Uh, Migration, 10 to one. Bashrikova. 10 to 1 Escobar 12s, Astro King 14s, same price as Montesib, 16 to 1 bar. Yeah, it's, it's quite weird this race, um, George, in, in many respects, because many of the market leaders 
they've got no obvious track form. There's been horses that have run okay here, and, and they might well improve for, for stepping up to a mile, such as Blue Fear. I've got a huge amount of respect for him because he clocked a big number when he won at York. I thought he ran okay here the other day over seven furlongs, but that trip was always going to be too short for him. He looked a horse that needs a mile and a quarter, not dropping back. So I was, I was a little bit surprised that they came here the other day for the seven furlong race. Maybe that was to kind of like give them, give him a sighter to say, okay, right, we, you know, we want to get you acquainted with the track and we'll come back here for the big one on, on champions um, day and, 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 um, you know, sort of let, let him really off the leash that, um, on that day. And it's noticeable as well that David Omar has won this race twice before. So it's, a, it's, it's clearly a contest that he likes. He's won it with Escobar, who carries top weight here as well, incidentally. So he's got the, one of the main market rivals, which I don't, I don't mind. But then you've got horses like Sweet Believer, who've, who've never run at the track. Um, Tahirini uh, and C, who's never run at the track. So, you know, the, the, there's lots of ifs and buts and questions to be answered with horses coming in. I like, I like Ascot Form, as you know. So getting, up, getting back to myself on point here, um, I think David Omara is definitely one of the main men here to concentrate, and he's got three runners. We've mentioned the two, but I do think Orban at 20 to 1, George, is massively overpriced. Whether his draw ends up being favourable or not comes Saturday, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to race far side, so still 14 out of 20. Could be a little bit problematical. I'd normally want a slightly lower draw, and I'll, I'll probably throw another one into the mix from a low draw in a second. But he's just a massive improver, Orban. Um, and he's a seven-year-old now, but he seems to be in the form of his life. He, he ran in this race a couple of years ago and he was a complete no-show, but he's a totally different animal now. He probably would have won at York two starts ago with a clear run. He only just got touched off by Armagambler the other day in a very good race of Goodwin. Now what the winner's gone on to do subsequently. He loves Ascot. He loves a strong pace and he's a miler. He's not really a seven furlong horse. So I think Orban is at 20 to 1. Again, he's an insult. And the other one I quite like as well. 16 to 1 best price, annoying the Orban uh, with Bet365 and Skybet. It's been clipped it a bit. Okay. And yeah, there's a, just a couple of others I'd like to mention as well. Stormy Antarctic is another one. This is the first handicap he's running uh, for, I think it's, I think it was five or six years. He's always been running in group twos or group ones. Um, he was third last time at a group three at air over a mile and a quarter, but straight run mile on soft ground could well play into his strengths. And again, I think he's another one worth mentioning. And the other one I, I had half a look at was Tackery Bay. Who's got the blinkers on for the first time? He was uh, second to Tempest uh, here back in July on on good to firm ground, but that race has worked out really well subsequently. Um, he wasn't good enough for Group Three company last time out, but again another one that's dropping back into handicap company, back over the course and distance where he run really well a few starts back. So most of these horses I'm mentioning like the track. They are well drawn. They're drawn middle to low, apart from Orban. So hopefully I've, I've nominated the winner amongst that a lot. The, the number one choice is definitely Orban, but favourable mentions definitely go out to um, uh, Takarin and Stormy Antarctic. Yeah, Stormy Antarctic is uh, 16 to 1 best price and 25 to 1 Tasserid Bay. So three there in the Balmoral for Andy. Um, so just, you know, looking at the, the Promise Multi, yeah. is it there for, just because we, you know, having promised it, we've, we've got to say what it is so people can go and, and follow you in. Um, we are looking at. Uh, I, I, I'm going to stick with the four. You could do some multiples if you wanted, like a couple in it here, there, and everywhere yeah. in each place. But 
my main my main starting point or for for a Yankee would be Waterville in the first at seven to two, Art Parade eight to one in the second. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd definitely be sticking Lilac Road in. Okay. And and yeah. I know that sounds a little bit kamikaze no, in the twenty to one shot in, but I think if you can get, as I said, four or five places for her, you know, she always runs a race. She's only ever once been um, a blob on her, on her card, and that was uh, when she pulled too hard on the all weather. But other than that, on, on a, a turf form, she's the second to none. And I, w- I will be very surprised, even though she's a twenty to one shot, George, if she's not in the first four or five. And then the banker of the day, really, to put in your multiples to, to end the bet off is is Adiar. Um, at five to one. So there you go. You've got you've got your twenty to one. You got your big one in. You got a seven to two. You got an eight, and you got a five to one. So I'm not sure where that bet comes to. Um, about about four thousand to one. The place. Well, the place multi. Um, but they've all got a good chance of hitting the frame anyway, at the very least. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you as ever for taking the time to share your insight and your tips with us ahead of Champions Day on Saturday. Should be a brilliant day. Uh, make sure you download the Odds Checker app uh, for Champions Day so you can get the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, and uh, plenty more with the app, including those crucial place terms for those each way multis as well. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, to have a chat about the weekend's racing. But in the meantime, uh, thank you to Andy. Thank you to you for, for watching this. Do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find all uh, Odds Checker betting shows. And also, of course, you can find this as a podcast as well. Uh, enjoy Saturday. Enjoy if you're going to ask it. should be an incredible day as we say goodbye to the flat season and look ahead to the jumps. Uh, as is always the case, please do ensure that you are gambling responsibly.